This is the call for freedom. This is the call for your truest, most authentic self to step forward. This is the call to turn inward and face the darkness and the light that lives within. You're listening to the Divinity Unbridled Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Rose Childs. My mission is to awaken and inspire your truth from within. I'm bringing you real, unfiltered access to the cosmos and the underworld to the sacred union of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, and to the pathway home to the fullest parts of your soul. Get ready to go deep. Get ready to ignite your internal fire. Get ready to unleash your fullest self. It's time to step into the truth of who you are. I see you, and your soul is beaming. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Divinity Unbridled podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Rose Childs, and I'm so excited to bring you today's episode with my guest, who is an educator on the power, benefits, and use of medical cannabis. He is the CEO and founder of United Patients Group and the host of The Sacred Plant, a docuseries that brings to light the true potency of the cannabis plant. I hope you enjoy this incredibly informative episode that also takes a turn to one of the most tender and heart-opening conversations I've had. As a reminder, if you're interested in using some of the information in this episode, please do your own research and consult with your doctor. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show with my guest, John Malanka. Well, first off, thank you, Johnny, for joining me. It's an honor and admittedly, I have never even smoked marijuana so this is a whole realm of things that I am not uh, familiar with okay. and then this, the medical side of CBD is so potent and powerful um, and, and yeah. we can get into that and then that's why I want to share how the media and I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all but the yeah. media just confuses a lot of families and patients and doctors saying okay great it's all the same which is not it's like wine right you know your mom's into wine you know my brother's in wine you know Pinot, Merlot, Cabernets, Chardonnays, etc. And the same thing with cannabis, so many different varieties. Well, I'd love to hear what called you to begin working with um, yeah. CBD from a medical standpoint yeah. and then working with it personally and then stepping into really sharing it with the world. Great. And so first off, thank you, Hannah, for having me on. And uh, I was at home listening to your very first podcast. I was flipping through the internet and saw you and your mom on the podcast, and it was the number one. And so I, that's how I started my morning. I normally have you know calming music and just take in the morning that way. And then so I listened to that, and I was like, well, anything one that your mom is involved with, I'll listen. And then you, I was, and, and it being your number one podcast, that's what was exciting too. And so, um, and then when I came down here, I was commenting. So I asked you. That's what we got on the t- topic of you and your podcast. And your mom's like. Would you want to be interviewed? I said, well, don't put her on the spot. Well, what's funny is I had you on my list. I have like a, a list of yeah. people that I'm like, okay, got to reach out, got to reach out. But cool. I had I wasn't actually even familiar with what you did. You were just, it was like something in me just knew that I was supposed to interview you, cool. but I didn't know why. Well, here, 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 <laughs> here I am. we are. Here we are. So thanks for having me. So uh, cannab- like you, cannabis was not um, my lifestyle, was not my wife's li- <clears throat> lifestyle. And I'll get into that sh- shortly. Um, you know, I did, uh, you, I went to school down here. 
um, and I stopped, I think, when I was 21, and I didn't have any cannabis, cannabinoids in my system until I was 46. And we started this, how we were thrown onto this journey. So um, in 2011, my father-in-law was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, uh, metastasized to his brain. And uh, about a year and a half prior, my father passed. And so I was just a, still a bloody wreck of my father passing. And, and now my wife, my in-law, my father-in-law became sick. And he was a healthy 77-year-old man, you know, doing everything, uh, retired. And he was a smart guy. He is a smart guy. Um, Stanford graduate, had a successful dentist practice, dental practice, and now retired and has a couple other ventures, which he's doing well. In 2011, he was, I was, it was a Super Bowl Sunday. I was sitting outside barbecuing, and he came out. And uh, he said, I have something to share with you. And I'm like, great. He bought an RV or something. Yeah, like that. something fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so he says, uh, I was just diagnosed with um, lung cancer. And I just, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And just tears came down my eyes. And, and he said, uh, it's okay, though. You know, he had had cancer. He had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in the 80s and beat it. My mother-in-law had breast cancer twice and beat it. So you just kind of think, okay. Um, so he went in. He did do a round of conventional medicine. And uh, when he came home a couple of days later, his equilibrium was off. He was totally off. And he's someone like you and your mom that, you know, they're all in tune with their body. And so he went back down to the doctor's office and had scanned. He says, I don't know if I'm having a stroke or what, but can you scan me? And he scanned and it metastasized to his brain. Mm -hmm. So now it's a stage four lung cancer metastasized to the brain. Uh, he did go through another round of treatment and it just brought him down completely. And he was gone. And when I say gone, he looked like a prisoner of war. He was on full-time oxygen, 24 seven in bed and just wasting away and just waiting for that day. And so um, my wife and I, we went and did a total, we called it panic education. And we came across a study that showed 40% of cancer patients pass a malnutrition before cancer. Mm. And then we started reading and it's like, okay, and then now 2011, we're here in California, all these cannabis dispensaries are popping up everywhere. And um, from my days in college, cannabis brings on the munchies. And so we were checking that out. And... Didn't think anything of it. I said, I want to go to your next oncologist appointment. So literally picked him up, put him in a wheelchair, oxygen tanks strapped on, wheeled him into a, um, the doctor's office, probably the size of your studio here. And it was my wife and my in-laws. And remember, I wasn't she wasn't my wife then. She was, I hated the word girlfriend, but she was, we, we were... <laughs> like the better word, she yeah. was your girlfriend. <laughs> and I, I always joke because I never used that with her. I mean, from day one, I always said, this is my wife. She was, yeah. why? I said, come on, yeah. <laughs> we're too old to have boyfriend girlfriends uh, in my, my mind. Um, so we wheeled him in and, and doctor was talking to us. And I said, basically he said, how much time do I have? And the doctor, the oncologist, looked at us in shock and looked at him and looked at us. And, and he said, this is my family. And she said, probably two weeks and through tears on my end because Corinne hadn't lost her grandparents. They were together since age 16 and they're 99 and 98 when they passed. So death, they hadn't experienced that. Yeah. And, um, and I said, well, what can we do? And she, the oncologist said, I can give you morphine. He said, I'm not in any pain. And I looked at my wife and looked at my in-laws and said, I don't mean to offend any of you because it was never discussed and I was the boyfriend. Right. And I said, what about medical cannabis for appetite stimulation? And 
Doctor said I didn't know nothing about it. They said, we're in, we're game. And I called Corinne Mary Poppins because she didn't drink, didn't smoke, you know. And I said, deem Corinne the caregiver and we'll take it from there. And so we went into, again, panic education mode. And back in 2011, there was no, there, one, there was no regulation. And, and um, the labeling, it would say one dose and it was enough to feed, you know, the San Francisco 49ers. You know, it's like, that's not happening. So I knew he couldn't smoke because he had stage four lung cancer. I went down literally like the first time I had been in a dispensary and I'm like, okay, let's try, he can't smoke, so let's try some, uh, an edible. So I got him some chocolate, broke it off, brought it home, gave him a little piece and it knocked him on his butt. And I'm thinking, oh great, oh, no. the boyfriend who's yeah. recommended cannabis. <laughs> and I said, please just trust me here. Let's, we, let's lower it. And I just gave him a tiny little, it wasn't, you know, a big piece. And so we went back and I looked at all the products and the, it was almost divine intervention because I ended up getting him a coconut oil capsule infused with raw and heated cannabis. And I'll get into about raw and heated cannabis and different cannabinoids in a bit. Then I didn't know anything about it. The only reason I went with the coconut oil capsule because I knew that we could freeze it and then cut it into tiny slivers just to find our own Find like the balance. right ratio. They raise, exactly. So we end up giving him about three milligrams, minute amount, and within 24 hours, and it was just a coconut oil capsule under his tongue. Within 24 hours, I'm hungry. So we started eating. We said, okay, he's not completely out of his mind. And he's hungry. So we're doing what we want to do. And he can pass peacefully, not passing away of malnutrition. So day one, eating. Day two, eating. Day three and day four, not only is he eating, but his complexion is coming back. He's sitting up in bed. Again, he's on full-time oxygen. And he's alert. Day five... Now he's on his computer emailing his buddies. Day eight, we go over there and he's completely off his oxygen and he's shuffling around the house. And I said, what are we doing? Don't get too cocky here, Mike. And he said, well, something's working. We said, great, he'll pass peacefully. Let's fast forward six months, hospice fires as a, as a patient because he's already walking and driving and everything else like that. And he was never gonna get scanned. And in nine months, Corinne and I are in bed watching TV and it's about 10 o'clock at night and the phone rings and we're like, oh no, here's that call. Here's that dreaded call. And whenever the phone ring morning, early morning or late night, you're thinking, what is this? this? Is it? Yeah. And it was my mother-in-law and I said, is everything okay? <clears throat> and she said, uh, check your email. So we jumped out of bed and checked the email and it came back from Kaiser, our oncologist up in the Bay Area. No evidence of recurrent disease. And talk about just <laughs> tears of joy. Yeah, just tears, I mean, tears in my eyes. It's <laughs> and so to hear my mother-in-law say, you guys saved your father's life mm -hmm. was just, ugh. So I'll, I'll get to the end. It's Now we're hitting into 2020. He's still alive. Mm -hmm. He's had 19 lung and brain scans, and all of them have come back with no evidence of recurrent disease. And so back in 2011, my background for the past 35 years has been branding, marketing, and advertising with websites and magazines and I said there has to be a million other families out there like us where cannabis is not our lifestyle and so we said we need to find a website and back then nothing wrong with the recreational market you know I think it's like restaurants you know you have your early birds blue hair that want to get in at five and be out by five twenty-five, and the people right. that want to come in at seven and leave, leave at 11 and um, so we said we have to. I mean, we know there's a million other families out there like us. We know there's a million doctors out there that that we even work with that had no idea about the benefits of this, and government. So we decided to build a website that 
is not in your face. And again, it's not, you know, nothing wrong with the recreational, but we just said our demographic is we didn't want it in their face of, you know, naked man or woman smoking a joint or the typical recreational uh, stereotypical. Strategy. Exactly. Yeah. And so we built a site called United Patients Group. You can find it at unitedpatientsgroup.com, which is People have coined this like the WebMD of the cannabis industry. Don't sell products, strictly education information. We have medical staff that consults with patients, their families, their doctors, um, and we do this with governments. And we do put on conferences, um, all with CMEs, continuing medical education uh, credits for doctors um, and medical professionals to learn about medical cannabis. And so this is what we've been doing since 2011. Back to the thing, you started the show with uh, CBD. So my father's formulation was um, uh, had THC. So THC has been proven to kill cancer cells, while CBD stops the spread. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't. A lot of people are confused, seeing all these CBD companies popping up, even going down State Street and seeing, you know, CBD stores. CBD, CBD oils and there's totally. like CBD and all different things these days. Yeah, and so CBD is wonderful. But it's just one. So there's about 115 plus or minus cannabinoids in the cannabis plant. THC being the most popular, psychoactive, CBD, non-psychoactive, great for pain, great uh, for cancer stopper, Mm -hmm. um, helps with sleep depending on what ratio. Sometimes too much CBD can induce anxiety, keeping you awake as well. And so you need to know everybody's body is different. So it's not a one size fits all. you really should look at age, weight, current health condition, any medications that you or the patient may be on. And so even since 2011 to the present, you know, you have a lot of, there are 33 states that are legal for medical cannabis and growing each and every day. A lot of them are CBD only states that were designed for mm-hmm. pediatrics, pediatric epilepsy, not cancer. So we've worked with a lot of people in Utah where that was a CBD only law state where his child, he had two children. One child has epilepsy, which is a legal patient, and his other child had cancer, which is illegal patient. So these laws really aren't benefiting. And I think before lawmakers make these laws, they should learn about the plant and uh, the benefits um, of this plant. You know, and I and I tell people all the time, this is not a um, uh, the golden ticket, the magic pill, the magic plant. You know, and it doesn't work for everybody, but it does help. You know, cancer is a. It doesn't discriminate. Um, uh, conventional, uh, and I'm alive because of conventional medicine, but chemo radiation. There's a 2.1 success rate with chemo radiation, and a 2.3 success rate with chemo radiation here. 2.1 success rate in America. 2.3 success rate in Australia. Why they use Australia as a marker, I have no idea. Um, but you know, with those numbers, why not? When you're in the midst of it. You'll try anything. I mean, even yeah. if there's someone two percent, you're like, eat this candle. Yeah. Oh, I'll eat that candle. Right. You know, type of thing. And so, um, so this is where the THC CBD story is is blown up. A lot of patients, a lot of people, a lot of governments say, oh yes, um, CBD is the medical part of the cannabis plant, where THC is the recreational. Mm. Totally incorrect. If my father-in-law was on a straight CBD ratio regimen. He would not be here today. THC was needed. Same thing with epileptic children. 
Yes, CBD is wonderful. It'll work on 15 to 17%. Add minute amount, 1%, 2% milligram of THC. That number of success for an epileptic child will go up to 75, 80%. Um, and so again, I don't want um, your listeners or everyone that we speak to thinking that I can, you know, CBD is like duct tape or WD40. It's, you know, it has a, you know, million one uses. And I never use cure because we can't even cure the common cold right now. Um, You know, but I will say heals or it kills, it has been proven to kill cancer as well. Um, You know, but the cannabis plant, it's it's actually a a beautiful plant. I don't know, you know, uh, Mike and I will go for our rides through Carpinteria and you can just smell it. You know, yeah. and, and personally, I love the smell. I think it's a beautiful plant. It's healing. It has terpenes. Terpenes are what we'd smell in roses or lemons. Uh, and those are healing. Like everyone has these essential oils now. Those are healing oils. And cannabis has terpenes, linalool, pinene, uh, myrcene. These are all um, different terpenes, the scents that come off that are also um, beneficial in healing. Um, the different cannabinoids, as I mentioned, I say 114, 15 because plus or minus because more are being um, introduced and discovered mm-hmm. each and every day. So you have THC, CBD, THCA, CBDA, which are the raw plants. Uh, I know I'm going all over the place, but remember, you might have been too young. I was say in the 70s, and I guarantee your mom did this, but juicing wheatgrass. Mm-hmm. You can do the same thing with a cannabis plant. You can juice it, and it's called the acid form, non not uh, psychedelic like LSD acid, but in the acid form, raw form, non-psychoactive. So you can have the exact same heavy dose THC plant that you can cut down and juice and drink it. It's non-psychoactive. It's great for inflammation. I think everybody should get onto that. Wow. Uh, but the moment that it's heated or dried to smoke um, or cook with, it converts to... It's like t- it activates the It activates, THC. exactly. So okay. it, it activates THC. So back to the THCA portion is if, do you know how we leave our water bottles in our car and you get in the car later and it's like scorching right. hot? You can convert THCA in your purse or on this table here with the sunlight. And so this happened uh, um, every morning. My wife and I would take a couple drops and go to work. And one time I get to work and uh, I'm high. And my colleagues are like, what? what's going on? I said, I don't know. So I walk into Corinne's office and I said, Babe, did you switch that bottle or something? She goes, no, why? And I said, I am totally high right now. And so we went home to look at the bottle. Sure enough, it was a bottle. But in the morning, just like on this table here, it was in the shade. And in the daytime, the sun's on it all day long. And at nighttime, we come home, it's still in the shade, but it converted. And so that's that's the one thing about my my disclaimer here with with, uh, THCA it can convert. Right. So the best hot, place, the best place cool to put your medicine start. is in your refrigerator. It doesn't matter if it's THC, CBD, or THCA or the acid forms. Put them in the cabinet away from family, other other family members, animals, kids, you know, uh, guests that come in your house, because uh, we do hear this story all the time. I wanted to go back to you started talking about the beauty of the plant. Yes. And um, I felt called to go into the the sacredness of it. Um, going back into medicine men and medicine women you know in ancient times that really were the prestigious and respected members of society and now it seems like the use of of plant medicine is being disclosed and being sort of shoved down by um 
media and big pharma and these other things that maybe don't want all of its potency and power to be out in the world? Yeah. It's, so cannabis has been used for medicine for about 5,000 years. They think even 10,000 years, but the first uh, um, documented, I guess, uh, writings for of communication was about 5,000 years ago. So before that, it was grunt. Right. <laughs> and how do you write that on the wall? Yeah. Grunt equals, you know, two grunts equal cannabis. Right. You know, one grunt equals this. Um, so, but it's been around for, for medicine about 5,000 years. I'll even go back to 1985 when my grandfather passed away of uh, colon cancer in San Francisco. And my mom shared with me after Corinne and I started this company, she said, did you know when your grandfather was on his deathbed at home with hospice, his doctor recommended cannabis to him? And my grandfather said, are you out of your mind? I've been against drugs my whole life and you want to give me marijuana, pot, weed? He goes, no, just give me the morphine, you know, type of thing. And so it has a, it's, it's had a bad stigma. It was legal here until 1937. Um, and then they, um, you know, I don't want to get into the whole, but if you want to read up on the Schaefer Commission, uh, President Nixon was very involved in changing the term. Um, so I, as you'll hear on the show that I, I only use the word cannabis. And I think, I, I believe that's the, the, the medical term. Um, marijuana is a slang term. Again, call it whatever you want. It, right. you know, it, 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 but it, from it, your side where you're really we're, we're, in the medical we're, field. We're so medical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we work um, with uh, doctors not only here in the U.S. but overseas as well as local, state, international governments um, and, on education. You know, Corinne and I, our company was the first cannabis company to be invited into the U.S. government in, in the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C. And we did a day of education. It wasn't just an open mic night. It was actually a united patient group event and we had uh, it was about a six or seven hour event and we had lunch there we had we did a, a conference there in the u.s capitol i mean how cool is that it's amazing and uh, we had both sides of the aisle that came and wanted to learn and and i just think it's important to educate the the lawmakers and decision makers before they make these um these laws so that's another thing about cannabis it's an analgesic you know it is a it's a pain fighter and so you can, I don't recommend people just titrating off their meds, but you can do it successfully and titrate yourself off meds and have the same success. Instead of 25 milligrams you can have of a med, you can have five milligrams with cannabis and, the, and adding cannabis to that would bring the same amount of uh, strength as a 25 milligram capsule of that pharmaceutical. So it, there is a complete science to this and um, you know, and that's why I think education is needed and doing it the, the correct way. And so the United Patients Group, which is your um, organization, organization mm-hmm. that you, you started, you bring the cannabis education and you integrate it with the medical side. Is that right? Exactly. So, we bring, so, we, so we're educating. So we do conferences and we put on conferences, um, not only here in California, all over the U.S. And... We reach out to the doctors that are not in the cannabis industry, but on the outside thinking, okay, come on, is there really any proof to this? And so we do a a college education setting. We do it at universities and they're able to come in and not have to, you know, tippy toe and sneak in the back door. You know, we don't have any boosting, you know, there's not a smoking section. Again, nothing wrong with that, but who were, our our goal is to educate these doctors and almost like get the, have the ripple effect. Um, you know, with 
today, you and I talking about this, our listeners talking about this, they're hearing about this. Talk about it. It doesn't matter what state you live in. It's not an illegal conversation. And a lot of patients that we work with that live in illegal states, they said, I can't have this conversation with my doctor because we live in, in an illegal state. And so it's, please don't be afraid to ask this question. This is your life. This is your body. This is your, your health. Um, to ask questions, you know, and if you don't ask the questions, I was always told the answer is always no. So do right. not be afraid and, and do some research. And then with the domino effect or the ripple effect, I would say like a pebble throwing into the pond, talk about it with your doctor, because I guarantee you're not the first patient having this discussion with your doctor. And you might be surprised that your doctor might be pro cannabis, but he or she works for an institution that does not promote it. Um, like our doctor uh, at Kaiser back in 2011, because Kaiser was not a, a pro-cannabis organization, a hospital, medical institution, but a lot of their doctors are, you know. So you're, are you seeing um, more acceptance from the traditional Western medicine field in finally. embracing you know, I, you know, I work with this doctor from Harvard, Dr. Nah, and, he, and he's, he's uh, discovered um, uh, that flavonoid, flavonoids in cannabis he, they're finding success with uh, uh, killing um, pancreatic cancer. Wow. And so we can get into that shortly as well. Uh, but it's but Harvard's coming on. You know, I've spoken to doctors, MD Anderson, um, here in the Bay Area or here in, say, in California, up in Stanford. You know, we, and a lot of times with our conferences, we will have these doctors that will come in and learn from other experts in the industry. And so there's some brilliant minds in this industry uh, talking about cannabis as a medicine and the benefits not only with something as severe as cancer, PTSD, diabetes, AIDS, um, GI issues, um, you know, the list goes on. And so when I, it's funny, when I present, I always have this picture of a, a roll of duct tape up on the screen and people look at me like, <laughs> you have the right, is that the right slide? <laughs> so, and I started laughing and I said, I, I don't want to say, because people always ask, does it work for this, does it work for that? And I don't want to say it's like duct tape with a million and one uses, but when you really get down to it, um, it there are so many benefits. There are so many studies of cannabis uh, and different diseases. Uh, go to PubMed. PubMed's a great great way. When I said Google University, I was kind of joking earlier, but they have Google, Google Scholar. You can go online and find this. But there are so many countries leading the way over the United States. Prague, you know, um, Israel, you know, China, a handful of other companies or company countries in, in, in uh, South America, as well as in Europe that are leading the way um, over the U.S. when it comes to showing this. But it's because of it's still a Schedule One drug. Right. And it's funny because the Schedule One drug states no medicinal value, but at the same time, the U.S. government owns a patent as a neuroprotector. Cannabis is a neuroprotector, which is medical value. So they're playing both sides both of the sides. fields. And so that's frustrating, mm -hmm. especially when lives are at stake. You know, my father-in-law, thank goodness we, lived in a, we live in a legal state here in the state of California. Because if we did not live in this state, we lived in Texas, Arkansas, you know, somewhere that's not illegal... He would not be here today. I know that for a fact. Cannabis would not, he wouldn't have come up in our conversation because we, it wasn't our lifestyle, um, but he wouldn't have had, had access. To, unfortunately, a lot of families and patients are forced to obtain it illegally 
um, or become a cannabis refugee where they've uprooted their lives from their home state. To moving, a legal state. And that's so difficult uh, because not only are they leaving their lives, their jobs, their family, their friends, but they're also leaving their doctors who has been treating them for the past one year, five years, 10 years, and now they're having to uproot, find a new job, find a new home, find new doctors to get back in day one, just to get this medicine. So if there are any of your listeners, and I don't know how far your reach is, but if anything, anyone's out in an illegal state, you know, my recommendation is have a long weekend, two days, two weeks, to see if this plant even works for you. Go to a legal state, go to California, Washington, Oregon, Colorado, you know, and see if it works. And where else can, so if someone's listening in any state that wants to get more reliable information, they can go to the sources you suggested. And then you also had a docu-series, So I do a doc, yeah. So you can go to United Patient Group and you can call us, you know, uh, we answer, we're one company and that's one thing we pride ourselves on is answering our phones. Um, So you can call us. (laughs) <laughs> I'll melt and then uh, 415 And we'll link all the information okay. in the show notes. And too. then, uh, or, or United Patients Group. And then back in 2017, times are just flying by, um, uh, Corinne and I started, we were the host and co creator of a docuseries called The Sacred Plant. And you can find that at thesacredplant.com. And we do, we just finished our sixth. Um, uh, series season, I should say. Uh, the first two seasons were seven part docu series with seven part webinar series, just like you and I are doing. And then I'd interview a lot of our experts. You normally I'm on that side of the <laughs> mic, so this is fun. Uh, and then uh, see, season three, we did a, a pain masterclass. So we reached out to our community. And it, what talk about our community? We have a we we have reached 190 countries wow. and close to 700 thousand people. That's pretty impressive. Wow. And when you're on this side, when you when you and I are here, we don't know who's listening. Right. <laughs> we don't know who's listening. And uh, but to run into people at the airport or on the street, they said, "I've watched your show." I'm like, "You actually watch this?" Because I've never watched a show. Um, but it's fun. So it, it, we've reached out to. It, it, we have a great community, and so where would you like me to talk about Corinne? Well, we could talk about her whenever. When I say I want to talk about Corinne, and I always, I will, I, I always love talking about Corinne, but I, I say this because uh, Corinne, <clears throat> you know, I talk about Corinne being Mary Poppins, didn't drink, didn't smoke. And uh, 2017, my wife, who lived the life that you and I live, you know, like, as you mentioned, you never tried medical cannabis, never tried cannabis, but positive, worked out, stayed on top of her health, just lived. She was loved and, and loved, you know, loved by everybody and myself included, uh, but she loved, she, she had just peace. So it didn't have a, uh, you know, didn't have stress in her life, uh, worked out, didn't abuse her body. And one day she had a stomach ache and... Um, it turned out to be pancreatic cancer and uh, I lost my wife four months after after that and uh, so I've seen this medicine work and I've seen it not work and uh, it didn't work on my wife and so 
you know, pancreatic is just a, a different breed because, you know, we did two blood tests and it came back, nope, you don't have any cancer, nothing in your body. Okay, let's do some food allergy tests. You know, because something is, I know, I know my body and I know my wife's body and she had a stomach ache. And uh, so we did food allergy tests and it came back. We did extreme. I'm a big fan of naturopathic. Um, actually, your mom is too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so naturopath and I always, you know, in, even our healthy days, you know, Kurt and I would do blood tests three times a year. And a naturopath can give you a blood test from, excuse me, a doctor can give you a blood test. A through Z. A naturopath will give you a blood test A through double Z. And you can see exactly what's in your body. Uh, Corinne, the first time we, what made us do this when she turned 50, you know, she started, uh, her sleep was, was changing. You know, she was having anxiety. She's never had anxiety. So she went to the doctor and showed all her, you know, her hormones are off. And, and so they put her on plant-based hormones. And it was amazing bringing the body back to homeostasis balance. And so I said, hey, I want to check what's going on with me, you know? Right. It's like, <laughs> you know what? And we, just to show you how extreme that is, is that my doctor said, John, I can tell that you're sitting at a desk because the oxygen in your blood is low and you're only using half capacity of your lungs. I'm like, I'll be down. We, we had just started our company and I was- Sitting at a computer all day, yeah. half breathing. You know what I, my first purchased? My first purchase after that was a stand-up desk. Mm. So I stand 99% of the day and my hips felt better. My shoulders felt better. I lost weight. My cortisol levels went drop down. And so that's why we became, I don't say obsessed with seeing what's on the inside of our bodies. Outside, the great, we're, you know, uh, putting good food into our body and, and feeding our body, but having those blood tests. And so, um, you know, but we tried everything. You know, I consulted with doctors all over the world, non-cannabis doctors and cannabis doctors from Australia, New Zealand, Italy, UK. I brought her down to a, to a, a, a facility down in Mexico, which our doctor up here said, I want you, I recommend going to Mexico. And I'm thinking, come on, I'm not going to be that husband taking their wife. To, but I would go back down there again. It was complete professional. It was an American doctor down there, been doing this for about 18 years. He was forced to leave Southern California, LA area because doing things that the FDA hadn't approved, right. you know, stem cell being one of them, ozone being another. And so, but it was four months of, you know, we opted not to do the chemo radiation route. And it was a, as ugly as I want to say, beautiful. It was, we had a, it was a beautiful four months because I know you and Hunter um, have an incredible relationship, recently married, and the love that my wife and I had, we didn't think that we could uh, find any more love. And when you go through, and I hope you never go through this, but the, you know, you have your vows for sickness and in health. You know, it's, uh, I, I, I took marriage very seriously, we both did. And being her caregiver, it just, you just bring that bond back and we would laugh we're like gosh how did we fall more in love with each other yeah. and uh, we were really looking forward to living and continuing our life going wow we just found a whole other dimension of love and so anybody that's listening out there you know cancer does not discriminate and uh, just love your loved one you know because life can change in a bloody instant 
really can change in a bloody instant. So um, back to the, the sacred plant when I was talking about 190 countries and close to 700,000 viewers and being on the other side of the camera as well as the other side of the mic, you don't know who's out there. You don't know who's listening. When Corinne passed, it was amazing. I had calls, emails, texts, flowers, teddy bears, books, prayer cards, masses said from all around the world. I mean, I, when I say thousands and thousands and thousands, it, it was it, it was uh, humbling to see how many people, but people just said, you've been in our life. We watch you every night on, our, on, on the show. We feel that we are connected to you and Corinne. And so to have those followers, which, you know, um, you are on that way. And I know I'm either one, two, or three, or second or third. Am I your third podcast? I think you're, I think you're five. Five? Yeah. <laughs> So if you haven't signed up for these podcasts on Spotify, um, uh, hit the subscribe button. Uh, you know, but the followers, you'll start seeing. Well, it, you're, it, it, it's the it, followers, it, but you're also, it's a two-way street. You're obviously yeah. impacting all of these people's lives in some way that they they feel connected, connected and, to yeah. you. And so it, it was to have, the, have that much love for Corinne, and we had never met anybody. It was, it meant a lot. And so it's been two years and uh, my faith has kept me going. Um, the love com from complete strangers have kept me going. Doing shows like this, doing shows on, you know, having people on our show um, has kept me going. And so I think, you know, people always ask, it's like, how do you continue to, with your work, without your wife there, that was your, and it's been, believe me, it's been difficult. Um, you know, but I've, I've, uh, it's kept me going, you know, so having these talks and being on shows, it, it's been therapeutic for myself. And so that's why I continue. And I've seen this medicine work. And as I mentioned before, it doesn't work for everybody. Did I not think that I think it wasn't going to work for me? We had a hundred percent faith that it was going to work. And, uh, I'm still scratching my head on you know, how, what happened, but pancreatic, you know, I've done so much research on pancreatic in the midst of it, as well as afterwards. And it's one of those awful diseases. And I hope, you know, no, no one um, that's listening to this is going through this um, or with a loved one because it doesn't discriminate. No, it doesn't discriminate. And we live in a society that is really afraid of death. Um, which afraid, afraid of death afraid of death yeah I'm one of those yeah we uh, you know I, 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 I hate death yeah within you know, ourselves and, and, and within people we love yeah and I don't get it you know this yeah it was uh, I don't know within, when this was going to air but um, December 24th was 11 years of my father passing and when he passed and I've had you know I've been close to my grandparents and they've passed and I didn't understand that but when you lose a parent that's a whole other like rock your world type of thing and uh, but losing a spouse completely different dimension you know yeah. so love love your love your spouse that's that's what has been my my motto ever since uh crin's passing is and i've had a lot of people come up to me and say you know what i look at my spouse differently i treat he or she differently we do things we, that we never did before and uh 
So I feel like Crin is still, uh, um, still touching here. people through yeah. through through uh, my voice and everything else like that. But anyway, I've been all over all, all over the place here. Well, how <laughs> I mean, staying on that topic, yeah. as you just said, you you are afraid of yeah. death. How has your relationship with death changed? Because obviously, the passing of Corinne was tragic and incredibly challenging, and you've also experienced it. It's throughout your life oh with people that are really close to you. So how has how has your relationship with death changed? It's that's a great question. It uh, nothing surprises me. You know, I don't watch any news. Not me either. <laughs> you know, I haven't watched news in three. Even when Kurt was healthy, you know, I just feels just, toxic. Yeah, and I and uh, <laughs> it is. And uh, <laughs> I remember. A couple of Easter's ago, we were sitting in front of my parents' house and doing Easter egg hunt for all the neighbor kids, and and someone the topic came up of news, and I it was one of my mom's friends. I said, I haven't watched it, and she looked at me. She said, How do you go through life and not no? I said, You know what? Right now, I'm I'm concerned about my circle. Yeah. You know, and so, but death, you know, nothing surprises me anymore. Especially, you know, I've had a few words with God. You know, whoever anybody be- believes in, um, the higher up, the power, um, spirit. But I've had words, and I just said, man, you made a mistake on this one, dude. You know, I said, you know, she, she all, all she did was give, give, give. And even in our public life, as well as our personal life, we always gave. We were always, you know, that's, that's that was uh, our life. And uh, so I don't understand, and hopefully one day I will understand why, you know, Corinna was taken, you know, and I've heard it all. You know, I even talked to our priest, you know, and, and, you know, it was sad. He didn't have an answer. He cried, but he didn't have an answer, you know, and so hopefully one day that I, I will I will get that answer. But, you know, it keeps me going. Um, and I have some family friends right now that are going through cancer. They're in hospice. And uh, it's tough because I know what um, the family will be going through shortly. So Christmas has changed for me from having my father pass on December 24th. Mm. You know, but it brings joy to see my little nephew open presents. And that's what's, you know, kept me going as well. But, you know, death, I don't want to say it happens to everybody. But my mindset, it, it's, I looked at death differently when my father passed. And I really looked at death differently when my wife passed. You know, I'm 52 years old and still have a whole life. I mean, we had our whole life planned. And all of a sudden, just, I mean, you lost your father. Yeah, it's sad. Young. Yeah. You know, I've had this conversation. You're, and your mom has helped me get through a lot of uh, pain and sadness and grief, you know, and, and sharing what she went through. And I don't have any kids. You know, her... What kept her going was you. You know that. I mean, she she said I have uh, I lost my my husband and and uh, I have a daughter here that needs me. And uh, I've talked to other people that have lost um, a spouse, and they've had to put on their boots and their shield and their front for their kids to make sure. Hey, you know, I have I have a. Uh, this is my duty now, and I, I got to take care of them first before I take care of myself right now. And so your mom's strong, and that's why 
I know that's where you get your strength and your success at such an, uh, a young age. Well, do you have any words of wisdom for someone who is facing facing you know, death right in the face? Because oh it, it's going to happen to all of us in some way. We're all different. You know, some people, like one of my best friends from high school, his, his brother just passed. You know, I'm 52. We're 52. And his brother was 48. And he had stage four lung cancer, metastasized to his brain, never a drinker, never, I shouldn't say never a drinker, but never a smoker, you know, occasional wine here and there. But they had six and a half years to prepare for this. And at the funeral, um, his wife actually reminds me, he's just positive, positive person. And at this funeral, it was almost like leaving a wedding, a happy wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, as sad as it was seeing the kids there, but they went up and spoke, but they had six and a half years to prepare for this. Uh, So it's different for everybody. I didn't have six and a half years. I had four months and I waited to get married and I waited for a reason. So our listeners out there, don't settle is Mm -hmm. is my my, my, uh, uh, words of wisdom. You know, Corinne and I had four months and... We didn't have plan B. I mean, some people, you know, I don't know if I was gullible or, or whatever. You know, our plan B was... Plan A. Plan A. Plan A. Because we saw this work with my father-in-law. We have seen this work with thousands of other patients. And when we, when Corinne passed, I can't tell you how many of these old patients that we, had, we, had, we have worked with over the years. Just say, you guys saved my life. Or you saved my wife's life. I'm so sorry you didn't work for Corinne. And uh, so if you're going through this, you know, have these discussions. Corinne and I didn't talk about plan B. Plan A was, and I devoted 24-7 to getting getting her healthy. And we were on a nice path of, and, and you know, pancreatic cancer is just cancer. Yeah. Cancer is, is just an awful disease. And hopefully they find the cure, which I never use cure. Hopefully they find that one day so you don't have another John or Corinne going through this or Lori and your dad or me and my dad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so whatever maybe, you know, spend makes especially in the holiday season, spend that quality time with your loved one because you don't know yeah. how much time we have on this earth. And how can we support each other when we are going through these times because it is really uncomfortable. Um, you know, you and I are sitting here just watching each other tear up yeah. back and forth. And I think it's so beautiful to witness each other in that way. And we're really uncomfortable as a, as a society to, to watch someone that we love in pain. So you talk about societies, you know, there's so many different sites. I grew up overseas. And so you have, you see all these different, different societies. And I, so my recommendation to the youth nowadays and adults who haven't experienced other cultures get out because <laughs> there's so much out there besides Santa Barbara or California or the United States to see other cultures and you're very fortunate you know to see other countries and cultures and you're able to work over there you know I, I, I grew up overseas to, to see that but other cultures talk about societies and cultures <clears throat> some of them look at it as a, as a blessing yeah Oh, they've moved on. 
Well, for here, we're the ones that were stuck here without yeah. our loved ones out here. And so, yeah, you know, Corinne, my dad, others that have that have passed on, they're running around jumping for joy and happy, happy, happy. Well, we're down here scratching your head like, what the heck just happened? Where are they? I miss, I, you know, it's been two, two years and three or four months right now. There's not a day that goes by that you know, I don't talk to her. I don't miss her. Same thing with my dad, you know, and it's, it's, you know. But I come from a society and culture where death is sad, at least in my circle, you know. And uh, I think that's though, most of, uh, at least in the, we're in America. I mean, this totally. part of the world that is sort of the norm. It is, and, and even the other day, you know, um, coming up to the 11 year anniversary of my father passing, you know, and you know, I was talking to my mom, and she's just. Where, where did he go? And she goes to church six days a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so she, and I've had this talk with her. And, you know, she, even she can't give me the answer. And, you know, you turn to your mom for all answers, don't yeah. we? <laughs> we do. <laughs> you know? Wait, mom, you're supposed to know everything. So, um, so just, you know, if you're going through this, uh, I send you uh, a big hug in my heart. And, and uh, you're, you know, yeah, I, I send you strength. But, uh try to find some, since they try to find some, you know, that's, that's being on the outside, it's easier to talk about this when you're on the outside than on the inside in anything. Um, I, I kind of flash back of what, you know, the beauty that Crit and I had when she was going through this, you know, and she trusted me with everything. And there are days that I, <clears throat> you know, with different treatments that we were doing, and I just held her and I said, thanks for trusting me. She goes, how can I not trust you? You know, and it's, it's, it brings, brings people together in a way mm -hmm. um, and I always say you know I didn't get to spend her my the rest of my life with Corinne but she got to spend the rest of her life with me and that was uh, that was huge it's an honor it, you know what it's a complete honor and we have some really dear friends and they said John how you guys met was fairy tale but and Corinne and I always believed, and I don't know if, if uh, you and Hunter this way, but everything happens for a reason. That's the way our life was always. Oh, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> yeah. We got this job. Everything happens for a reason. This is the, you know, we met at an airport. Oh, we were supposed to be at the airport. So all that leading up to our story was like, wait a minute. <laughs> How did we, our story was meeting each other after my father had passed a year later. Her father becoming ill, discovering medical cannabis, starting an organization that has helped thousands of people. He's alive. My father-in-law is alive. We have thousands of patients we worked with over the years who are doing well. Um, Crim becomes ill. It's like, okay, just part of our story. But the death part wasn't our story, you know? And so that's, that's the part that I keep on scratching my head with. But I feel... Um, I'm better. I'm in a better place today, two years than I was a year and a half ago, a year after passing, six months, you know. And I'm, you know, people always say you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's true. But when you're in the middle of it, there's no light. There's no light. Yeah. There's no light. And I remember, you know, hanging with uh, your mom and Michael throughout all this and maybe having a smile on the outside but the inside 
wasn't smiling, yeah. you know, but they've had, they've, they've shared a lot of, uh, grief and tears and laughter with me over the years too. So they, they, you know, have your support system with your friends and family that are around that, uh, and eliminate, if you're going through something like this, eliminate any of the negativity news being one of them, <laughs> Agreed. you know, loud music, um, violent movies, you know, just certain things like that. Um, uh, you know, I love reading um, mysteries, and I yeah, I even stopped those because a lot of them were the murder mysteries. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay, Ooh, maybe not so. Yeah, much. Uh, but I'm just getting my mind back to balance. And let me talk about balance. Back, we're getting away from the cannabis thing. Each human, each mammal, every mammal has uh, an endocannabinoid system in our body. Just like we have a nervous system, this is called the endocannabinoid system. And in, in, in cliff note terms, what does it crave? It's the endocannabinoid system, so it's bringing, it's, it's craving cannabinoid. This is a proven system in the body. And when your body's off, like our gut, mm -hmm. there's a great documentary called the Second Brain. The brain, brain is the brain in the, in the head. Oh yeah. And the, and the gut is the second brain. And when your gut's off. Everything's off. Everything's off. Yeah. You know, you have a holiday season, you know, you're eating sugars and stuff like that. You're like, okay, I'm not, Terrible. I'm not right. You go on vacation, you're not, you're off your workout, yeah. you're off your water routine, etc. So depending on where your body is um, in balance, you can have your body off and adding cannabinoids, depending, it's not, again, it's not a one size fits all, but it will bring your body back to homeostasis balance. And so that's it. A great thing to do your research on, if you, for our listeners, excuse me, is research the endocannabinoid system, also known as ECS, and it will blow your mind on the information on what this uh, uh, system is in our body is, and it's not only in us humans; it's in your dog, mm. it's in whales. So, so every mammal out there has an endocannabinoid system which is craving cannabinoids. It kind of makes sense that, you know, again, bringing your body back to balance, harmony, as one of our doctors that works with, she says, oh, harmony. I said, boy, what a great description, bringing your body back to harmony. And so uh, research endocannabinoid system. Um, you don't have to be high to have success. Um, so when you, you say that the body craves uh, the cannabinoids, is that um, something that you give it by providing cannabis cannabis so yes like, yeah, as, yeah, a, yeah, like as, a as a nutrient daily dose I, I truly believe people should take it as a daily vitamin cbd is another form non-psychoactive i think it's wonderful take it as a daily vitamin take it um you know morning before you go to school or go to work you know you can take it it helps so because, you know, it's not just a one-size-fits-all. You know, you'll say, oh, CBD, cannabidiol works great for sleep. Yes, it does, but too much can keep you awake as well. So you need to know what works best for you. THC, one of, one of the other cannabinoids, the psychoactive that everyone knows about, does also help with sleep. You can have success with one milligram, having your body. It's like, so... There's another term, so endocannabinoid system is the system in our body, just like the nervous system. 
And there's another term called the entourage effect. And the entourage effect is when the cannabinoids work together in bringing your body back to homeostasis and balance. And so straight CBD, one cannabinoid, is not going to bring, is not going to have the entourage effect. And the way Kryn used to describe it is like baking a cake, leaving out the flour or leaving out the egg. Hey, how come it's not rising? What's wrong? Whoa, you're missing. We've left out... um, the flour or egg or water or however you make make your your cake and the same thing with with cannabis you can bring your body back to homeostasis you do need and that's why these cbd only law states that are out there aren't benefiting right because they're they're missing they're missing a huge piece of a, a huge piece right. in that and so um you know but it's not as easy just going down to your local dispensary I think there's some great dispensaries here in Santa Barbara, and there's some great dispensaries up and down the coast, but the majority of the dispensary workers aren't, unfortunately, aren't educated on um, cannabis as as medicine for a it's lot more of them. They're educated from a recreational standpoint. Yeah, but also my body's different than your body. Right. And because you and I may have the same symptoms, doesn't mean the same ratios or formulations are going to with benefiting for you is going to benefit me as well and so that's why you have to look at you know the age of the patient you know you and i are 20 years apart the weight of the patient right any medications you may be on um you know so there are drug-to-drug interactions so so how can someone who so someone's listening and they're thinking oh i think that's something i might want to incorporate into my daily life yeah how do they go about about that without just experiment like is it experimenting on their own yeah so well you know when we're 20 you can experiment oh don't do that again okay cross that off but i think if you're battling something as severe as major ailments uh, diabetes is one of them um uh, cancer uh, gi issues i don't want to say go experiment go talk to your doctor especially if if medications involved even blood thinners make sure a doctor you know share this information you know we speak at, re- at retirement communities on a regular basis. And the question I always ask when we first started going, and we, there would be a room of 12 uh, uh, senior citizens, the geriatric, my in-laws would always say the, the inmates at the, oh. at, at the retirement communities. Um, and we would laugh that there were 12, and now we go and there's 250 that show up with their walkers. Right. They want to learn and learn about cannabis. And... Um, the I call her the Julie McCoy, the, you know, the cruise director who yep. puts everything together, and she's she laughs. She goes, "We have a packed house with the local historian. It's about nineteen people. When you and Corinne come, we'll have two hundred people show up. You know, people want to you learn want to about, know about it. Yeah. And I think in, in in one way, the media is helping getting the word out, bringing the stigma down. Because when Corinne and I first started this, we would do conferences or we would do trade shows outside of the cannabis industry. And we'd be in the corner, and right. we'd have a beautiful booth, and we everything was completely professional. But you would have people that walk by and going, okay, I'm not looking, I'm not looking, I'm not looking, I know they're over there. And then year two, we'd come back. And you'd have one or two of the stragglers would come, like, I'm brave. Like, what are you doing over there talking to those cannabis people? Right. And now, doctors come up to us, nurses come up to us. You know, we've worked with pharmacists, we've done this. You know, we were the first cannabis company to partner with a California State University, Sonoma State, up in the San Francisco Bay Area. We've done this with the California Pharmacy Association. I think back to what I was talking about, the ripple effect, getting this education out. Uh, even if you use it in your practice or don't use it in your practice, 
your patients will be talking about it. You as a, you as an individual, you as a patient, do not, again, I, I've mentioned this earlier, do not be afraid to ask the question about cannabis. And ask your doctor, do you know about cannabis? Do you know about the endocannabinoid system? Do you know about the entourage effect? Do you know about ratios? If they don't know, ask them, do you know anybody that uh, you can recommend? One of my colleagues here that I in Santa Barbara is Dr. David Bierman. He's out of Goleta. He's been doing this for years. He's a very knowledgeable man, and I've had him. Uh, I've worked with him for years, but I've had him on the show. He and I did the uh, Pain Master Class um, with the Sacred Plants. So, as, as I mentioned, we did webinar uh, Docu Series One, which was seven webinars, seven um, Docu Series, Docu Series Two, seven webinars, seven Docu Series, and then we went up to our um, our followers and said, what would you like us to talk about? And pain came up. And so we did a pain masterclass of seven docu-series, seven webinars with Dr. Bierman out of Goleta being um, our uh, expert doctor. Mm. And then the second one, we did uh, the cancer masterclass down in Southern California, Dr. Frankel in Santa Monica. And then we asked again to our community, what else would you like? And brain came up. So there's some great studies with dementia Parkinson's, uh, Alzheimer's, um, uh, head traumas. And so with all this too, for preventative, as we talk about, you know, THCA, the non-psychoactive portion of the cannabis, great for inflammation. I think, you know, you should be taking this on a daily basis. Um, you know, just keep our body back to, to, in, to balance. In, in balance. And then we just finished uh, filming a few weeks ago our um, how to make it work for you um, masterclass, what question to ask. Because a lot of mm. followers, they don't know where to go. Right. What questions to ask? You know, who to trust, what to avoid, how to read a label, why labeling is so important, what ratios, why ratios are so important, why um, the cannabinoid content, why terpenes are important. And so these are things as, as a how-to guide. Um, I've written... Uh, three or four books on this topic, Cannabis 101. We did one on, on cancer. We did one on uh, pain. Um, uh, just finished the one on brain, and then I'll be doing one on uh, the, how, to, how to make it work and the steps to take. You know, So people are wanting to know. Um, you can get your information down to the dispensary, but chances are the dispensary worker worked at Starbucks the week before, and now you know, he or she is helping you with your medicine and say, you know, you're diabetic. Right. You know, what are the medications you're on? You it's know, important they, to have yeah. a full picture. And, and I'm not a doctor. That's why I always, you know, say, go talk to your doctor about this. Right. And if your doctor doesn't know, ask your doctor. And so if the if people are listening, they want to watch any of those docu-series, it's thesacredplant.com. You can go to thesacredplant.com. And then what about the writings that you mentioned? Uh, those... The books, you can find that also on thesacredplant.com. Oh, sacredplant.com okay. sacred as well. Um, uh, that that is not uh, my company. So we're uh, Corinne and I were the host, co-creators, and the face uh, of the of the show, and um, uh, the the owner brought us in. Okay. Back in two thousand seventeen. Now we're we in almost two thousand twenty. Oh my gosh! I can't Can believe you believe that? I know. Um, well, so new, new new beginnings is what I look at it. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, and so when you hear more episodes of the yeah. podcast, you'll hear I, that I ask everyone about their daily practice. And so you mentioned you take, you know, you're taking cannabis in some form daily, but I'd love to hear what else you do, especially 
with how your life has changed? So, you know, I've always been in health, even living down here um, in Santa Barbara. I lived down here about 12, 13 years. And I've been fortunate because over the years, after moving back up to the Bay Area, two companies that I work for uh, were based out of Santa Barbara. So that's one thing my dad always shared my brother and I is, don't ever burn a bridge. Yeah. You never know. Don't ever burn a bridge. Life, life is short. Um, you have one name and one reputation. Don't blow that. And so I didn't understand that until I moved out of here. And I had friends that said, hey, there's a company down here in Santa Barbara that you know, I think you'd be a perfect fit. And I said, wow, what an honor that you th thought about me. And so, so Santa Barbara has been literally my home because my family still lives down here. My brother lives down here. My friends still live down here. So my, so living the Santa Barbara lifestyle, of course, is outdoors, running, swimming, volleyball, tennis, climbing, mountain biking. And so I still do all that today at age 52. And so I don't feel 52, but I incorporate that uh, into it. Uh, when Corinne passed, I got heavy into um, riding my bike and, uh, and running. And that was my therapy. And so I just put my headset on and just go. And had a lot of days on there that tears are just flying down my face like raindrops. And uh, um, there's days that I just forget everything and just have a smile on my face and go. Uh, but of course, having Corinne in the back of my mind, I'll always, uh, whenever I, whatever I do, but that's helped me. Uh, and then I, I do incorporate um, cannabis in tincture form, mm -hmm. uh, THCA, great for inflammation, CBD, uh, helping with sleep, and then some THC also at night to help with sleep. Uh, and, and, and so I'm not impaired in the daytime, and uh, but I'd use it in the daytime. And I think your followers should look into um, CBD as well as THCA. You know, we live here in the state of California. It's it's you. It's not not illegal. So we're very fortunate that you have it. We have it at our fingertips. Uh, I know there's a bunch of uh, hemp CBD out there. And I paused to hear the pause of my voice because there's a lot of, uh, I'll use the word crap on your show, sorry. You can say whatever yeah, you okay. want. <laughs> um, I don't swear on my show, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I should sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I think we've had it on every episode so okay, far. Good. So it's, it's what, sorry? We had swearing on every episode. Right. So I think far, I heard so. it on your mom's yeah. episode too. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I need to be on that show. <laughs> no, but the, so the hemp thing, be careful what's out there because this is medicine. You wouldn't normally get your medicine from a, a gas station. So when I go into gas stations or a 7-Eleven or something like that and see CBD there, it's like, okay, there, like any medicine and like any product and like any food product, there's good and there's bad. So watch for labeling, especially especially with cannabis when you're putting into your into your body. Uh, make sure it's tested. And when I say tested, make sure it's a test that's six months older, uh, older or, or newer. Because it's still a food product, and you wouldn't eat something that's you know I, you know a piece of lettuce has been in your refrigerator for a year right. because it, it will wilt. And the same thing with cannabis. Make sure it's tested. And you're not in charge of testing. You're not responsible for the testing. Uh, the companies that's selling it to you are, or the dispensary, and they test for mold, pesticides. Um, 
bugs, fecal matter. I mean, you should be surprised what's out there, metals. So make sure that those are all clear of, of uh, those toxins before you put it in your body. Uh, hemp, a lot of companies are um, selling hemp products that are manufactured and grown outside of the country. So the regulations are different. Uh, hemp is also known as mop weed. And so back in the day when there was a toxic spill, they would grow hemp and it would suck up all the metals and toxins and everything out of the out of the ground but to you know grow a couple crops test the soil sells good to go build a school or a church or whatever they're now homes and this happened a lot in Las Vegas actually so make sure and and hemp when I say pulls up a lot of toxins there's a lot of patients that we worked with that they'll get their blood test and they say how come I have metals in my system and I'll say what are you taking? And they'll share the product they're taking and I'll say, go get it tested. And they get it tested and the, the product comes back with arsenic in it. Oh, so please be careful, especially if you're trying to bring your body back to homeostasis, balance, but also trying to heal your body. Yeah, quality you know, is really important. Quality is important. Even if it's uh, a legal, from a legal location, a dispensary, Make sure it's tested. Make sure the lab results are there. If they don't have it, ask if they can supply you some. Contact the company. Say, I'd like to see your most accurate lab reports. If they don't do it, move on to another product. Because right. there are some great companies out there with some great products that do it right. You know, Test the product when it's in its flower form, when they pull it out of the ground. Then they, after they make the medicine, a lot of these companies will retest it to make sure the formulation is staying the same and nothing is in there. No metals, no right. pesticides, no uh, uh, mold. And, you know, again, putting it back in your body. You always, we all have that friend. I hear this all the time. You know, Hannah, where did you get your medicine? Oh, I have a friend who, a friend who's a professional grower. You know, well, that probably started, well, I don't know if it started, but that, that happened a lot because it was illegal. And so people are totally. just accessing whatever they could whatever from they whoever get. they could. But I know professional growers in this industry that have been doing this their whole lives and they still get crops that have mold on it. Right. And they cut it down and throw it away. So just because, you know, driving from here down to Camarillo and past, you see all the strawberry farmers. One day it's 85 degrees and next day it's pouring rain like it did last night. Right. And what comes on? Mold. Thing with cannabis, with, with you know, I'll say uh, with tomatoes or apples or oranges, you can see it you right can, And you can wash it off. Mm. Cannabis, you can't wash off. You can't go put it under your you know, sink and wash right. off what's there and, and now, now, you know, and then have it just, you know, dry it off and eat it. You right. know, it's, it, it's a, it is a plant, but it cannot, you can't. So make sure what's, what you're putting in your body, especially if you're trying to bring your body back to balance, fighting a disease, or you want to stay on top of it as a wellness dose, make sure, you, you know, you're putting good stuff in your body when it comes to water, vitamins, nu nutrients, food, as well as uh, cannabis, if that's uh, your choice. And uh, so I don't know if your listeners are into research or... or hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I think you'll be blown away. And so to wrap up, you have... Yeah. Um, obviously, from everything we just talked about, you're doing a lot to make a huge impact in the world um, with your education, your speaking docu-series, everything you're doing, what is your big picture, do you have a big picture vision you'd like to share or something 
Let yeah, leave you know, it, it's starting to come back because Corinne and I had a vision of our whole life until we were 100 years old, you know, yeah. and to have this, uh, I don't want to say roadblock, to have this just lifeline just yanked from me. I mean, literally, she was my other half, my yeah. breath, and uh, it's taken me a while to see what my vision is because I've just been go go yeah I'm surviving yeah. but I just one foot in front of the other one foot in front yeah. of the other and that's it's funny you say that because that was one thing that Corinne and I that was what kept us going with work is act like we're in the trenches in the mud with backpack on one foot one foot don't let it stop and that I've carried her motto into my life now is I know she wouldn't want me to stop what we're doing, but she wouldn't want me to stop and give up on life either. Yeah. Um, you know, people always say, I'm so proud of you. What are my other options? I'm not going to take my life. Right. You know, but what are my other options is, you know, continue on and go. So the goal is to continue what we're doing and educating and getting the word out there someone if if uh if i've seen something work and, I, and i'll share it and that's that's what my goal is to help you know i enjoy helping people that brings me joy uh and that's why we started our company to pay it forward and and that's again what was our was our life motto is pay it forward pay it forward pay it forward and that brings joy to me as an, as an individual and so that's what i will continue to do in my life and uh, uh Hopefully my, my smile will come back the way it was. You know, I, I would like that again uh, because it was, we had, a, we had a great life. We had a great life and we touched a lot of people and, and still to this day, you know, people come up to me and just say, you know, we miss Corinne too. And she touched our lives. And so uh, if I can carry on her light uh, within me, that's, that's what uh, I try to do every day. You know, there's a lot of work, but I try to continue uh, you know, passing it forward and, and having the other half of my smile be being uh, her inside me. Beautiful. Yeah. So I uh, thank you for thank you. asking me to be on and, and, uh, and our listeners, thank you for listening. And for you, Hannah and Hunter, I wish you a long, happy, healthy life together. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here yeah. today. So thank you for having me on. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Divinity Unbridled. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to be inspired through writing, speaking, and art, please follow me at Divinity Unbridled on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, and subscribe to my newsletter at divinityunbridled.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.